Women Taking the Lead, episode 250. And so it's, it says, be the first, the first to say hello, the first to compliment the other person, the first to give credit, the first to say sorry, the first to offer help, the first to show up for someone else, the first to set an example, the first to offer hope, the first to shine, be the first. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Alexa Gilmore, who is a vitality warrior who takes a stand for your fullest potential. As an acupuncturist, Chinese herbalist, body worker, and coach, she takes a no-nonsense approach to the healing arts and expects positive outcomes. Function rebalanced, harmony restored, resilience renewed. She welcomes guests from around the country to her clinic in Portland, Maine, where she specializes in chronic illness, women's health, and skin disease, but her passion is to use optimal health as a vehicle for personal transformation. Alexa, your bio is so loaded with all all good stuff, and of course, has a ton of questions coming to mind, but before we get into all the questions I'm going to ask you, um, share with us a little bit more about who you are and your own humble beginnings. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Jody, and thank you so much for having me. I'm nothing if not enthusiastic, as I think everyone in my office can can vouch for. Um, my humble beginnings, I grew up outside of Boston, and I spent my summers as a kid in the mountains and lakes of western Maine, which is how I ultimately made my way back to Maine as home, and did some traveling in between. Wound up first going to undergrad in California. And I think choosing to leave that school after my first year was maybe my first claiming, claiming of really who I was, despite um, signs maybe asking me to do other to do otherwise. Um, Wound up back in Massachusetts, finishing my undergrad there and then made my way to Texas and lived in Austin, Texas for 10 formative years. And that's really where I fell, really first fell into the healing modalities and then kind of took them on full force. And I wound up in Chinese medicine school in Austin and started a clinic there. And soon thereafter, just got um, whisperings that it was time to move back home to New England. So I did that about five years ago now. I've been in practice in Maine. Um, And that's kind of the the backbone of my story. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's really funny when we give those 10,000 foot versions of our story, it sounds so easy and we just went after it and we felt (laughs) so confident, like, of course I was going to do this. And it was so clear. So then I did this and then I did this, but you and I both know the reality is there's a lot that goes on in between those bullet points. And, you know, and I can hear in your voice, like you're confident, you know what you're doing, you're passionate about what you're doing. You're a very enthusiastic person 
person. But I always love to have my guests start off with, you know, those humanizing moments, like these stories that we can all connect with on a human level because we've been there before. So if you could take us to back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time, it might have only been in retrospect that you thought like, wow, I was capable of so much more. Like, why did I undervalue myself or anything like that? So share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a great question. And I think it's actually a question, honestly, Jody, that I try to ask myself every day. Um, because I think that it's, it's, it's stepping up and being brave in those little moments that gives us the capacity to step up be, and be brave in the big moments where maybe technically it matters more. Um, but it's, we all get those little hits of like, Ooh, I wish I said that, or Ooh, I wish I hadn't said that or whatever it is. Um, so one thing that comes to mind, not too terribly long ago, uh, is probably back in early winter. And I've had the good fortune of really being pretty successful in my Chinese medicine practice. I'm about, I have been from very early on about as maxed out as somebody can be as a solo practitioner seeing patients a week. Um, and I kind of, I, I've hit a ceiling. And so then the question becomes, okay, where do you want to go from here? And I, so I've, I've accomplished what I wanted to. I have a clinic that looks like a busy, successful acupuncture clinic. You reach that and then you go, okay, but that's not it. <laughs> this, this isn't all of me. And in fact, not only is it not all of me, but in achieving this particular guise of success, I can actually feel very important parts of myself are not being addressed or expressed. And so um, in, in working through some of that back in January, I had a moment where I sat bolt, literally, Jody, bolt upright in bed as I was falling asleep because it came to me like a flash that um, I had always sort of said in passing, and I think it's so, these little things that we say unconsciously, it's so great when we can finally tune into them or somebody can help us tune into them. Um, I'd always said in passing, if only I could get my hands on people kind of uninterrupted for as many hours as I needed to, magic would happen. And in that moment in January, I thought, okay, if that's true, well, why isn't that true, right? If you actually think that, and I guess the reason that I never follow through on that is because, oh, well, I, like it doesn't work that way, right? You don't, you don't have the opportunity to work with people that way. Clinical practice looks like X, Y, Z. It looks like exactly how I have been doing it. And so there's this moment of why does it have to look that way? That can be how it works for some people. And it served me for this period of time. But I actually want to be practicing in a way that's where I'm working the most magic I possibly can in the world. Um, so it's a little bit about it's a little bit about playing small because I think it takes bravery to just decide to do things differently, but it's a little bit about just coming to a deeper realization of who I am and how I want to be and show up in the world and, and what I want to offer. Yeah. You know, I love, I love that you're telling this story because a few different things came to mind while you were talking is one is like, I think many of us has ha have had the experience where we have the goal, right? The goal was to be a full-time practitioner, right? To just, you know, ha be maxed out and then you'll have made it. And then you got there and you were like, this isn't it. <laughs> There's often a letdown at the end of the goal because we attach our happiness 
to mm-hmm. it, thinking like this will make me happy, but that's not where happiness comes from. I mean, that's a whole nother st- subject we could we could get into. But what I also love too is, you know, sometimes people get caught in that trap of, well, this is what it's supposed to be and this is what it's supposed mm-hmm. to look like. So I guess I either need to change careers or I need to find a hobby or something that will be it. <laughs> you know, like I need to, that this is my work and this is how I make money. So maybe I'll, I'll take up paddleboarding or something like right. that. I and need that- to care less about this and find my passion somewhere else. Exactly. But instead what you did, and, and this is a term a friend of mine keeps using lately and I love it is like disruption, like you're disrupting, you know, a, 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 a normal way of doing things to do it differently so that you can be fulfilled. Yes. Which doesn't take anything away from people who are fulfilled in whatever structure any of us, I think, aspired to previously. Yeah. Right. It's not about dismissing, oh, well, there's nothing good that comes out of a regular standard clinical practice model, you know, but it's about honoring that for me, mm-hmm. this isn't, this isn't all of it. Yep. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Like my, you know, I love how you're kind of underscoring that because, you know, my fi- finding my bliss doesn't take away from you finding yours. Like it, right. it will not look the same. <laughs> and in fact, if right. it did look the same, something was probably off. You know, mm-hmm. so it's 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 honoring your journey and honoring somebody else's journey at the same time. Well, this yeah. is a great segue because my next question to you was going to be about your leadership style. Like I am I'm on a mission for everyone to get, especially women, that there's no one way to lead. It is all wrapped up in our personality, our strengths, our past experience. All of this comes together and it's like the different ingredients of a recipe that ultimately ends up being our leadership style. So I want to, you know, hear as many different leadership styles as I possibly can on this podcast <laughs> so that everyone can get a sense of like, oh, okay, I can I can be who I am and be a great leader. So Alexa, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I think so what I do working with clients and patients, I'm I think about leadership in terms of, you know, I'm leading their treatment, but what, what is that really when it's most successful for me? It's sometimes about alleviating, alleviating their symptoms. Sure. But it's also about like leading them back into their body. Um, and I think there's some usefulness in this idea for kind of leaders out in the world. But if I think about that, I I ask people to get really clear. So a lot of folks, if you haven't been to see a Chinese medicine practitioner, we ask you a, a lot of us, not everyone, but we often ask a lot of questions. And we want to know a lot of nuance about all of the symptoms that you bring to the table. And I spend a lot of time with people helping them even notice some of that nuance that were, you know, they come and they're, they're fatigued or they're constipated or they're, there's something with their menstrual cycle. And like every last detail of that becomes so important for me to match them up with the right treatment. And we, it's mostly women that I work with too, not exclusively by any means, but I'll just use women. Women often just haven't given their symptoms that much attention. So it's like giving them permission to get really curious and interested about the details of what's going on in their body. And I, and, and in that way, taking charge of their body. So it's, it's about helping them get clarity, but I also have been um, using this word a lot 
thinking about agency. And what I really want to give people is the sense that they have agency when it comes to their bodies and their health. I think often we're taught so much in this culture that we're just like, we can kind of take care of ourselves. Health and wellness is a boom right now, but still kind of mostly we're just waiting for disease to land and we kind of have our fingers crossed. And that's just so patently untrue. And, um, and I think if you have agency, right, that gives you confidence, that gives you choice, that helps you become more of a leader of your body and of your life. Some people are not super fond of the amount of agency that they have in their health because it means they have to take responsibility for it. Yeah. And it's sometimes easier to just make someone else do it. But I, I try to make it uh, an exciting and a hopeful um, proposition, you know, what if you have far more, uh, I don't like the word control, but far more power, far more influence over the functionings of your body than you think you do. Mm -hmm. So I like to lead people back into their body in that way. Yeah. When I heard it, what you said was, you know, you start off as a guide for mm. people who are like not really checked into their body at all. Like it starts yeah. with you being like, okay, like here's what you need to pay attention to. Here's how, you know, this yeah. feels. And I, and I don't know the exact nuances of your practice, but then there's a shift at some point where you're leading a leader, like you're, you're mm -hmm. helping them to lead themselves. I hope so. Well, that just gave me chills. Well, and also the kind of um, harkens back to the bio where I said I'm a vitality warrior, then I just, I take a stand for people. And that's where the enthusiasm comes in is like, I can't want this more than you do. There is, your body is so rich and it's giving you so much information all the time. And exactly what you said, I can, I can be a guide to introduce you to that. And I've got all kinds of tools and techniques to do that. Um, and then I use my enthusiasm to hopefully get you as excited about leading your own body as I am excited at the prospect of that. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this is just going to segue one thing into another. This is all just going to fold. It's almost like an ocean wave. So Alexa, tell us um, about one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about. Yeah, well, it's exactly, you're right. It is going to segue because um, it's exactly that. So I really, I'm working on taking there is so much of this basic how to take care of yourself and how to understand how your system operates from a different perspective than the mainstream Western approach, which is totally useful and valuable, but only one approach. Um, there's so much that those of us who practice Chinese medicine ha have access to. And um, so we know how to kind of organize ourselves around health promotion, health preservation, as opposed to just treating disease. In our culture, we tend to flip it, and like I've said, and wait and, and just treat the disease. And I really want to mainstream all of that. <laughs> um, I want to develop more programs that take it out of the clinic. So even if you're not coming, and I'm in the process of doing that, even if you're not coming in for your digestion, your menstrual cycle, whatever it is, um, here's, you know, here's, Here's how you should eat in winter. Here's why I think you should wear a scarf. Here's why you shouldn't let your feet get too cold and wet. Like all these things that I know and can share as appropriate for each individual patient in the room. But it's just great guiding knowledge for how to take care of your body. And I, I am in the process of packaging that up and getting it out there um, outside of the clinical one-to-ones that I'm still primarily in. 
I love that. Okay. And on the flip side of things, because there's always the next thing, right? <laughs> like we, we, we come up with solutions to what we're facing and then we're on the other side of it and it feels great. And then we've got the next thing that we're working on. So what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? And we'll see if there might be a uh, opportunity for some quick laser coaching. Well, for me, it is the, it's the transition from a clinical space to an online space. Mm. Um, and, you know, wanting to stay obviously fully present in the clinical work and the one-on-one work that I do, which is sometimes out of the clinic as well, while also carving out time to create um, an online space to really have a broader reach. Okay, so... Tell me about what it means to be fully present in your office space. It means I'm not feeling rushed. It means I'm not, oh, I'm using negatives. I should use positives. So when I'm fully present, I'm sort of on task in any given moment. Oh, it keeps going to the knots. I'm not, yeah. working, my hours are not too long. <laughs> yeah. You know, Alexa, uh, I say to my clients, say it the way you're thinking it, because that's where we can uncover like where some of the struggle is. Like when we, okay. when yeah. we just blah, say it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's um, not feeling rushed in clinic. It's not having my days be too long. It's um, making sure that I have time every day for my own stillness and mindfulness and self-care so that I can have the so that the vision is free to come in for the next steps. It's about not having to multitask. Um, I'm a, I do pretty much everything in my office, and some weeks I see upwards of 50 patients a week, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of finagling, um, and multitasking can sort of get overwhelming. Um, it's also about always having enough time to. to treat every person as thoroughly as, as is warranted. And that's different person to person, day to day and case to case even. Yeah, absolutely. And what I'm hearing and what you're saying and and why you kept coming out with negatives was because this is fear-based, you know, that if I start diving into the online world, that's going to take so much time and energy and attention that it will pull me away from the sense of calm and being in power and, you know, having time for my self-care, having time for my patients. So it's almost like this going into the online world ultimately feels like a solution, but there's um, the concern that, you know, in the middle of it, in the dip, like things, there's going to be a sacrifice that, that it will be out of integrity with who you are. Okay. And the and the the learning curve involved in the you know the technology that's inherent in being in the online space. Mm-hmm. And and what's the concern there? Oh, that it takes a lot of time. There are stories about not being good at technology, or you know, for sure I'm going to need some help. Or how do you get all the platforms to integrate? Like I can spin out very quickly about all of the moving parts that mm-hmm. I. Rather than just 
how about just pick one thing and try it, Alexa? <laughs> how about that? <laughs> I love that because ultimately, if, if you talk long enough about something, like in clear terms, ultimately the solution is like, blah, it's like right there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so what I'm hearing is it's not a race to be online. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want it to take a long time, of course. You know, you don't want it to be like constantly struggling and da 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 da, da. But yeah, like... That sounds like a great strategy, like pick one thing, dabble in it a bit. And who knows, like what I also recommend to people is to talk about like what you're up to and the goals mm. you have and the challenge, you know, some of the challenges that you're faced with. You never know who you're going to bump into who will be like, oh, yeah, that's wicked easy. I could, t you know, bring your laptop right. and I'll just show you how to do it. And that's happened to me before where I struggled with something for hours. And then somebody was like, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. T took me five minutes. Boop, 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 right. Done. And I was just like, why did I wait? And you know, you know what that does, Jody? I think that also points back to how we take for granted our own mastery. Like, mm -hmm. we try to do it all ourselves. Like, for me, I, I know how to take care of my body and my health. Like, you know, whether I always am doing it the ways that I want to, that's, yeah. that can be variable. But I, I, I know it. There's no fear there. And, um, and I take that for granted. And and it's good to be helped by other people to see how this is so hard for me and it's so easy for you. And I think it brings it back around to like, oh, right, I can help. Again, like I can guide people, you can guide people, whatever it is that we do. We take our own mastery for granted and then we suffer through this stuff and don't seek out masters who take their own mastery for granted. Um, Love it. It's a good reminder. <laughs> It is a good reminder. And what's really funny is I was just listening to a podcast this morning that was talking about, especially for women, because we are collaborative beings, not to say that men aren't, but it is at our core in our style. Like if we are primarily like feminine energy, you know, yeah, we can do some things on our own. We can do it and it's fine, mm -hmm. but it can, it can also be an energy drain. But mm -hmm. when we're collaborating, when we're like moving away from being the lone wolf and like you said, seeking out the mastery in others and it makes other people feel so good to share their mastery. You and I were talking about this before we hit record. Like when you know, like I've got the solution for you and this is going to be easy and awesome and you're going to love it. You yeah. know, like it feels so good to share that. And so, but yeah, we, it, it's good reminders because especially as like, ambitious women who like tend to be on the type a <laughs> spectrum <laughs> you know there there is this drive to be like i can figure it out i can do this all my on my own i don't need to bother anybody when yeah. we have to change the story it's not bothering other people it's it's letting them shine too right or to tear ourselves down for not being able to do it right right, right. yeah like not just i can do it but i should be able to do this on my own right it, it's a sign of weakness <laughs> You know, I have to reach out. Yes. Yeah. But the truly successful, if you peel back the layers, they will share how they got help from other people. Yes, absolutely. Like, they did like, yeah, they wanted to know like what was going on and how did you do that and all that stuff. But they didn't expect themselves to be figuring it all out and executing everything. In fact, some of the most, you know, you get to a point where, like you said, like you'll cap out if you're hour for hour. Yeah. You know, um, you can only do so much. But then when you take a step back and you delegate and you outsource and you leverage your time, like then you can achieve all new levels of success. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. OK. All right, Alexa, now we're going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell okay. us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? 
Oh, I think I already mentioned it. It's all about stillness. It's um, having time every day, typically first thing in the morning, at least, to just get quiet. And I, for me, there's no room for the inner wisdom to come forth and show itself if I'm if my mind is always going and I'm kind of always stuffing things in, there has to be space for that inner wisdom to come out. And so that happens for me, uh, in a combination of my yoga and meditation practice. But now if one of those has to give for whatever reason, I will, I will sit, um, I will skip the yoga in the service of sitting in order to make space for that inner wisdom. And what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, oh, honey, it's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, there's this great book that wasn't around for my younger self, but I would give it to her now. It's called The Untethered Soul. Do you know this book? I do. Uh, Michael, I can't remember his last name. Michael Singer? Yes. I think. I think think you're right. You know this book. Yes. It doesn't say anything, I don't think, particularly new, um, but he, in such a clear way, in a way that for me just goes straight to the core, helps you recognize the the real you versus the monkey mind you that's worrying and fretting and trying to do it all yourself and freaking out and ah! um, and he just calls attention to it with humor and with realism. It's just so good. And so if my younger self had had access to that sense of like, oh, honey, you know, just that the the freaking out version of you is is not the actual you. Um, I think that that uh, we all would be so well served to get that lesson repeatedly from a really young age. Yeah, I agree. I for that book. Yeah. Oh, I I would recommend that book to anybody. And I agree with you. There's something about um, the way he writes too, where he uses humor to to basically say, and and don't take this too seriously. Because if you're taking this too seriously, then you're losing the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he points out multiple times how like, so when you're in the moment and you're freaking out, just, just take a step back, just take a meta view. So you're standing on a rock that's hurtling through space, <laughs> um, you know, let, just really take a step back and, and, uh, and, and that allows us to calm down. Yeah. I love it. Now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Um, so I, what came to mind with this is actually, there's, uh, this great guy in New York, his name is Chris Winfield and he, is just this incredible connector. He just connects really interesting, amazing, driven, passionate, kind people doing wonderful things to the folks who want to tell stories. And, um, and he's so good at what he does and he's so good at just helping people keep the faith to stay positive and to stay on task and to believe in themselves and to believe in others. And, um, so this has been floating around. It's actually something that he posted and so it's, it says, be the first, the first to say hello, the first to compliment the other person, the first to give credit, the first to say sorry, the first to offer help, the first to show up for someone else, the first to set an example, 
the first to offer hope, the first to shine. Be the first. I love that. (laughs) Yes, while you were reading it, I was just like, I'm closing my eyes. Take this in. That was beautiful. I can't wait to listen to that over and over and over again. And lastly, Alexa, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Oh, I am. I have a couple of websites. Um, I'm on Facebook. So my my business name is at this point in time is ATX Acupuncture. And there's a couple of websites. There's ATXACU.com. And then I also, um, as you mentioned at the beginning, I do specialize in treating skin disease with Chinese herbs. And that website is ATXSkin.com. And if you love before and after photos like I do, it's chock full of them. Um, and then I'm on Facebook. Uh, I You can connect with me directly. I'm at Alexa Gilmore. Uh, no, I'm at Alexandra Gilmore, which is my full name. And, uh, and then on Facebook as well. The clinic is on Facebook. Awesome. And for those of you who are on the go, running, and couldn't write all that down, you know the links and the resources shared in this episode are at womentakingthelead.com. And Alexa, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Jody. thank you so much. This was so much fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.